Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag college football. Well, I mean, you can just look back over the last uh, the last years that we've been here, the last five years. I mean, uh, you know, been about as close as you can possibly be. Uh, so, uh, but you got to put it over the top. And as I said, that's what drives us. That's Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan Wolverines head coach, talking about getting over the hump, winning a Big Ten title. Michigan fans have waited a while, PK. They expect him to deliver. Well, yeah, well, they're in the boat of a lot of programs who've been waiting a while and want them to deliver. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said he has growing optimism about the college football season starting on time. His quote, I'm bullish about our opportunity and more so than I was 30 days ago, Bowlesby said. I hope I'm even more so 30 days henceforth, close quote. Made the comments on a uh, media video call on Friday. Encouraged that they're going to be able to pull this off and get back to playing. Well, unless there's a dramatic spike in this virus COVID spiel in the next few days, then everyone's going to be back. Because what I saw over the weekend, there was a whole lot of people who weren't social distancing. You remember when they played volleyball in Utah County and that was the end of the world? Remember when a bunch of parents met their missionaries at the airport and that was the end of the world? Well, how about what happened these last several days across our country? And if there's not a big spike, well, then everything's going to be on. Mark Durant tweeting that very thing out. I miss the days when Salt Lake County was getting all riled up about volleyball games in Utah County. Oh, Salt Lake County, obviously, it is It is a woke county. The people in our cities and this county, as we saw, man, we are extremely woke. Preach to me, people. The Power Five Congress commissioners are asking Congress to move forward with federal legislation regarding compensation for college athletes. ACC, Big Ten, Big 12... PAC-12 and SEC sent a letter about a week ago to congressional leaders in which they encouraged federal lawmakers not to wait for the NCAA process to play out before passing a law that would set parameters for college athletes to be compensated for using the names, images, and likenesses. We had Chris Hill, the former Utah athletic director, in studio. How long ago was that? Two months? Yeah. Three. It was more than that. It was before the pandemic because we had him in studio. So it was four months ago. And he was saying that just seemed like a no-brainer and had to happen. Hasn't yet, but the push is on to make it happen. College Football Hall of Fame was damaged and looted during the protests in Atlanta Friday. Protesters smashing the Hall of Fame's windows, looting its gift shop during the demonstration. You are 100% wrong. Do not call those people who did that protesters. protesters. The looters who smashed the Hall of Fame windows. The vandals. Yes. You can call them anything you want, but don't call them protesters. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. 
Kittle, though, is going to sit back and wait, and he's really going to try to blow this contract up because he's not just going to take tight end type money. I mean, Kittle's so impressive, and he makes that offense go. You know, he's a legit part of that run blocking and in the passing game, so he really could do it both. And where his agent's coming from is, look, we're not just going to sign a tight end deal. My guy is runs like a receiver. You know, you throw him the ball as many times as you would a receiver. We want to be treated in that area as well. You'll be surprised to learn that that area makes a whole lot more money. Yeah. Kittle's stats are off the charts fantastic. So that's why they're saying tight ends typically don't get paid as much. So obviously they want him compared to the the leading receivers, and he is one of the leading receivers. He does make that offense go. Yeah, I think the quarterback makes the offense go. But uh, I agree with these NFL players who try to get as much money as they can because this is such a violent game and careers are so short. So you should be looking to get as much money as you can, even to the point of at the expense of winning. This is the one sport. If you see someone who is with a really good team but can go to a team that stinks and make way more, I say you got to do it. The window is so short. The average career is so short. Right. Exactly. It's uh, In other sports, you can say, hey, I'm going to get paid in the next contract. And, yeah. and be pretty sure, not guaranteed, but pretty sure, be confident you're going to have a next contract in the NBA or in Major League Baseball. But right. in the NFL, everything changes very quickly. Yes. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said in a statement Saturday there remains an urgent need for action following the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Uh, The NFL family, and his quote, the NFL family is greatly saddened by the tragic events across our country. The protesters' reactions to these incidents reflect the pain, anger, and frustration that so many of us feel. And most of the uh, commissioners coming out and saying something Goodell did will get to the NBA, Adam Silver, as well. He will issue statements over the weekend. Okay, issue your statements all you want. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. One of these little white boys didn't know where he was going and broke my window in my truck. Broke my... There wasn't no... This is a residential area. There wasn't no stores over here. No, none of that. Broke my window. I chased him down and whooped his ass. So if the footage come out and y'all see it, I chased him down and whooped his ass. He broke my window. This ain't no hate crime. I ain't got no problem with no with nobody. Ain't got no problem with me. It's a problem with the system. That's it. The broke my window and I whooped his ass. He didn't know who window he broke, and he got his ass whooped. That's J.R. Smith, the former Cleveland Cavaliers guard. I prefer him as a New York Nick myself. NBA's planning to vote Thursday on the league's board of governors, of the league's board of governors, with owners expected to approve Commissioner Adam Silver's recommendation. They got a format to restart the season in Orlando, according to reports. 22 teams is the plan. They settled on that number. Well, number one, they need needed number of teams. And number two, those are the teams that are within six games of the playoffs. It's the line they're drawing in the sand, whether your season's still relevant or you're just playing out the string. Obviously, the advantage of not bringing everybody down there is fewer people to quarantine, less expense. Nobody really wants to watch the bottom eight teams, and they might come and test positive and spread COVID to other people. And a lot of teams aren't interested in coming. So 22 is the number they have settled on. 
Uh, the NBA is going to need three-fourths of the owners to approve this, and it sounds like there's going to be some type of play in PK that uh, based on the standings, I think, they, they've toyed with the World Cup format. I don't, I don't think that's going to get three-quarters support, but uh, the teams that are running 9, 10, 11, 12 are going to have a chance through some format to some, have some type of playing into the traditional 16-team playoff bracket. Now, I'll, I'll accept them whichever way they go, but for me personally, I would like to see either 16 or everybody. Yeah, I, be, I, I get the logic behind those two, but the 16 want to play games before the playoffs start. Right. And the everybody is just not interested. I mean, Steve Kerr said it, but I think multiple teams are thinking it. Yeah, Steve For Kerr us, is... What's the he, point? Steve Kerr has far bigger issues. We need him to inform us on how the U.S. should run its country. Don't ask him about China. So I'm not really concerned about Steve Kerr, to tell you the truth. He's got bigger issues that he needs to take care of. As long as it's not China, then he really, he's not no, sure. But the other stuff, man, he's got no problem giving us what he thinks should happen. Uh, so that's my thought. To me, all the teams are 16. And I agree with you that, of course, they want to play. That's why I'm saying have all of them. Even if those teams are nothing but scrimmage fodders, they become the Washington Generals. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, in a memo obtained by ESPN's Ramona Shelburne, said his league shares the outrage, that's quote, the outrage. He also offered sincere condolences to families and friends of George Floyd, Ahmed Aubrey, and Breonna Taylor. Quote, we are being reminded that there are wounds in our country that have never healed. Racism, police brutality, and racial injustice remain part of everyday life in America and cannot be ignored. Close quote. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Both sides need the other, and both sides would suffer some pretty serious consequences if they don't play. Remember that baseball, among many things that it is, is a content factory. The number of games that baseball has is crucially important to the overall business model of the sport. You think about the advanced media component, um, and just the consistency with which the game is played is a huge part of its identity. John Morosi, Fox Sports right there, talking about the Major League Baseball owners, the Major League Baseball's Players Association. The uh, owners made an offer. The Players Association have come back with a proposal that includes a 114-game season, deferred salaries in the event of a canceled postseason, and the option for all players to opt out of a potential 2020 season due to coronavirus concerns. It sounds like the union owner, union and owners are a long way away. Whether they really are and there's not going to be a season or whether this is just negotiating and brinksmanship remains to be seen. Gut instinct, PK, you think they realize they really need to play? Or you think they think, ah, eh, we can shut it down and it'll be fine? Who's they? The owners and the players. Or you think oh. it's like one group thinks one thing and the other yeah. thinks the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Which I one think thinks which? I think the uh, Players Association, I mean, obviously they both want to play, but I think they're more prepared because they're the ones who sat out last time, right? And when we were on the way back. So I think that they would be thinking that they've got some criteria that has to be met in order for these uh, games to resume. And I think that MLB, you know, they've, they've got some criteria too, but I think ownership would want it a little bit more than the players. 
but uh, I could be 100% wrong. I don't know that. I, uh, I, I think that uh, I agree more with what you're saying about the players and the owners. I've read stuff that the owners, because of the financial situations of the contracts, aren't on the same page. Yeah. Uh, or not of the contracts, of their own individual franchises' wealth, are right. not on the same page. That their owners are like, I'll be ahead if we shut it down. If we play, I'm losing money. So I'm not really motivated here. And there are the clubs that are very motivated to play. And I think the the thing that's made me really buy in when I've read that is that the reaction across the league about how clubs have treated their um, front office staffs, uh, the, the employees who aren't players, and how they've treated their minor leaguers has been really different. And so some of the owners, um, you know, all of the owners are wealthy, but some of the owners' wealth is in assets and some of the owners have a lot of cash. And the people who have cash aren't getting squeezed the same way the people who have assets and not so much cash. So I don't. I think we, we got to see if the owners unify, and then we got to see if the owners and players unify. It seems like there's multiple things going on here. Okay. All right. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801 295 1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, 8 o'clock, Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk, will join us. Our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland, will be here at 9 o'clock. So we got an open segment coming up. Next, how much do you want us to discuss the events of the last few days on the show? we got a lot of people weighing in on that. Stay with us. We'll get to that next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Different athletes have wanted parts of the franchise before. Didn't you get 15 points in your uh, semi-pro hockey team? Didn't you, didn't you get 15% of that club? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I was... Uh, I don't want to get into what it. What was the name of the goalie you had on that team there, Gordon? Well, for a couple of years, it was Bill Puxley. But, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I, I sort of... We've parted ways. I haven't really kept up with him. Bill Puxley. <laughs> Man, he could really stop that puck. <laughs> Not to be confused no, with the no, right no. winger, John Ice Nettington. <laughs> the Big Show. We- Days from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call us at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction is guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. All right, question of the morning. How much do you want us to discuss the events of the past few days on the show? And this has generated about 50 responses. I'm going to say about, uh, and there's a wide range. It's not a simple uh, yes or no reaction here. I will say that probably somewhere between a quarter and a third of them are just zero. Uh, Don't want to talk about it. It's not what we come here for. Uh, The other uh, two-thirds, three-quarters of it, a wide range of answers uh, here, PK. Uh, (laughs) You figure prominently in some of them. (laughs) Jack. Uh, if it can be related to sports and or sporting organizations, yes. Basically, tie it to anything sport, then go to town on it. If not, don't bother with it, please. Okay. I got some ideas, but go ahead. Joshua, talk about it. Devote the week to it. It needs to be talked about. What has happened has nothing to do with politics and everything to do with humanity. Let's get uncomfortable. Ooh, man, I think a lot of it has to do with politics, but go ahead. 
Tony says, please don't. Let's keep it to sports. There are plenty of other news outlets for anyone to get their information on the current events. It's just good to hear about sports, even though they aren't on right now. Okay. Uh, Hector, no, you're an escape for people during these crazy times. But that's just my opinion. I can always turn it off if I want. You're right, Hector. You can. Yes, you can, Hector. Uh, Please don't, but yes. (laughs) Please Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We're not really suggesting it. Uh, And here's where you come into it. Sean, please stick to sports and allow PK to share his beautiful singing talent. I'm glad you brought that one up, DJ. Joey, I would rather listen to an entire album worth of PK singing. LOL. I'm glad you brought that up. Watch me burn. That's all right. Like the way it hurts. Probably wouldn't have gone with that one today on the burn. I could go for that as well, Sean says. When's the album dropping, DJ and PK? How about this one? Imagine if the Jazz had a playoff game last weekend. It would have been better for our city. But now we saw things go up in flames. And all we could do is have pity. Huh? I just made that up. Not bad. I honestly, <laughs> as you listen to that, I thought, this is better than his normal work. I wonder if he thought about this on Sunday and Planet or if he just pulled it out of the body part he usually pulls stuff out of. If I have any, I don't want to say genius, but if I have any good, brilliance obviously, and brilliance and genius don't really go with me, but I have anything that's worthy, it's got to be in the spur. It can't be where I write it out. I'm not a stand-up guy, although I've been forced to stand up a few times and do it. That's some rough. good, some bad. Uh, I've seen you called out on that. Yeah. All I could think is if what's happening was better you than me, dude. <laughs> so I was a Christmas party. I remember thinking, "Hey, PK, can you get up to like?" Seriously? And I've done that. Uh, I've done that a few times. Some and... setting, but some settings are easier than others. I've seen you get up yeah. at golf tournaments. That's not that big a deal. I don't feel. But at a Christmas party, I legitimately felt bad for you. So, but my 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 shtick is in the moment. Make it up as we go. <laughs> not uh, I don't sit down and write down stuff. So it's either there or it's not. And my little imagine tune, I just thought, hmm, I'm gonna do this right now, and I'm gonna see where it takes me. And it took me rhyming city and pity. Thirty seconds ago, I did not know I was gonna do that. <laughs> but and that was my, my point. That I, I wrote this piece. Uh, April 8th, uh, sports matter now more than ever. We need sports more than ever. I said this last night. You weren't on television, but I was on with Adam, and I was talking about that. I wore a, uh, a shirt that I got at the Negro Baseball Hall of Fame in Kansas City. I was fortunate enough to be able to go there last summer. And I've told you how my father grew up in East Orange, and if you look at the, the demographics of East Orange, uh, he was a minority, and that's right next to Newark. And it's it's it, the whole area is heavily concentrated African American, and he was a big Negro League baseball fan. I told you this, a uh, fan of the Newark Eagles, which was less than five miles from where he lived. And he used to tell me about players that he saw play who went on and played in the major leagues. One of them was Monty Irvin, and if you don't know who Monty Irvin is, look it up, uh, because he was a big name in the Negro League, and he played in the Major Leagues after all that stuff took place after Jackie Robinson, and we all know that story. And the reason why I brought that up is I believe now, 
to, to keep it in the sports term, but also touching on what's going on in the world, certainly, or in our country for sure, is that I believe we need sports more than ever. Because they're a diversion, and I said this on television. It's not going to sports aren't going to solve these issues that we have. They're not going to solve racial issues by any stretch. And nor do I think racial issues are ever going to be solved. We're going to eliminate racism. Good luck. <laughs> and I would, we would all love to see it be eliminated. But I don't think it's ever going to be eliminated. We hope that it's maintained and controlled, and it's people get a fair shake, and they're judged going by what. Uh, the great Dr. King said, as far as the content of the character, to me, you want to solve racism. I don't think you're ever going to solve it, but I've always thought that you should bring it down to a personal level. If you end up knowing someone and that person is a minority and you like that person, pretty soon you don't even realize that that person is black, brown, whatever that person might be. It's like uh, Irish, Italian, religious, Jewish, LDS, Catholic, whatever, Christian, Jewish, doesn't matter. You end up liking that person. And the fact that that person is whatever really doesn't matter to you. It it, it helps you become more aware because if you have one African-American friend, just say you have one, I mean a really good friend. I've been fortunate enough to have several over the years. And then you look at them, well, wait a second, I can't stereotype because he or she they're not fill-in-the-blank negative stereotype. That's not who they are. They're my friend. They're there for me. I got one friend in particular in this community. Every time I've called upon him, he's answered the call, literally and figuratively. So if I were to think anything negative about African Americans, I would be doing my friendship with him a great deal of harm. And I would never do that. I'd stand in a in front of if he told me I need you to come downtown and and protest this that or whatever say what time do you need me because the guy means that much to me so I would do that so sports is not going to solve it but I do think that sports brings us together you're at a jazz game and suppose the jazz right now were in the NBA would be conference finals probably right we'd be a few days away from the NBA Finals starting, because today's June 1st, my father-in-law's birthday, long since deceased, but happy birthday, Renee. And the Jazz are playing the Bucks, Or, no, they're in the Finals. They're playing the Lakers, the Conference Finals, right? They're playing the Lakers. And you could be in a row, pick any row in that arena, and you could have every single nationality sitting in that row. And if they're all Jazz fans, they're all brothers and sisters, so to speak. And I realize it's extreme and it's a, somewhat of a trivial example, but we would all be together. And sports can bring people together. And it would be awesome right now. I'm not saying what would have happened Saturday wouldn't have been the same or would have been the same, but I think maybe some people would have had another diversion and maybe it wouldn't have been as bad. Maybe it would have been worse. I don't know. But this is my thought. Maybe it would have been better. And people would have been, instead of where they were, Maybe they could have been a little bit more to the west. And when you're on the plaza here and you're around the arena and the Jazz are in a playoff game, I think it brings us together. So that's my take on connection, connecting what we've seen across this country, in particular in our city. And i got to give praise. I watched Channel 2, Brian Malahi, and, and I don't know the, some of the people who are out, but I thought they did a phenomenal job. And, and Brian's such a seasoned newsman that that doesn't surprise me at all. But some of the other people who I don't know, I think the one gal's name was Kelly, bringing us the stuff, the journalists that were 
out there. It was Jim really. and Kelly and uh, well, actually, I, I should say it was it was a lot of Kelly because it was her shift and she was in early. She was on the air a lot. Well, that's off to her. That's a then, fabulous job. And then Gina and Jim also, uh, the three of them did the reporting. Yeah. Well, they all did, and, and of course Brian is. I, I think yeah. the world of Brian. I've known him for many years now. Obviously, going in on Sundays, so I thought they did a great job. And I flicked around a couple of the other stations, and they all did great jobs too, of trying to bring us. And that that's what I because new. The reason why I bring that up is news today. I don't trust it because what's their agenda? They want this guy out of the White House. They want to support this guy in the White House. I don't. To me, news should never, ever, ever do that. That's just out of bounds. That's the way I grew up. And they're there to report the news, not to tell me what you think about it, but to report it. And you, you do stuff like we do. It's another story, but we're not viewed as a news station. And the people that I watch, the Kelly, as you say, and, and some of the others in the other channels, and Brian, they were giving us the news. Great job. So I think sports, in a sense, can bring people together. And I certainly wish we have it and had it. And also, too, as you talk about MLB, I hope they learn a lesson, man. We need you out there. You're not going to solve anything, but you can make it a little bit better. You can uh, bring us together. That's know, my connection to sports. You said it was a trivial example, and I get why you have to say that. <clears throat> but if that's the first time people bond with somebody of a different race, a different religion, a different socioeconomic level, all the stuff that easily divides us, if that's the first time you bond with them, well, then it's not trivial. The game itself, like you say, the final score of the game in the history of mankind is trivial. But if that's the first time someone bridges that gap, then it's not trivial. Because right. things, things are never going to be perfect, but if things are going to be better, then gaps have to be bridged. You know? And if we learned anything in the last 48 hours, there are massive gaps. Yeah, for sure. And you see that like in, in March Madness and teams are making runs and they'll show the families. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and a large portion of them, African-Americans, because they tend to dominate uh, sports, just to, whatever reason it might be. Nevertheless, that's what it is. But yet you see that there's people of different races on the team and you see the families and the parents and one set of siblings versus somebody else's teammates, a set of siblings. So then you get to know those people. And you find out when you get to know those people that they no longer become you people or them people. They become part of your circle. And you have a connection. And once you have a connection, that's what's going to break down some barriers. She's going to see Bob and Stan and Bill and Joe and Mary and Nancy and whatever it might be. Those people, well, wait a second, man. They want the same thing for their kid as we want for our kid. And you have a bond there, and you end up getting to know them, and you're probably going to like them. Because I think, in my mind, I, I mean, I could be wrong here, but I think in, at their core, most people are good. And they're going to reach out. And most people, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. Most people, I believe, aren't racist. Maybe I'm off a base on that. And so, you're actually, Majerus used to talk about growing up in Milwaukee, and when people would come into contact with black, and he viewed it as the same thing here, when people would come into, when Caucasians would come into contact with uh, African Americans, that they would almost to the point of just being over the top kind to show them we're not that kind of, kind of people, we're going to welcome you here. And he used to relate it to here. He said he felt that he saw some of the same when he was growing up in Milwaukee 
out here in Utah because obviously there's lower African Americans. Now, when you factor in the Polynesians and all that, the minority population goes up. It's not as low as you would think. Uh, but as far as African Americans, it's pretty low, obviously. And he would, he, I heard him talk about it, he made that point where he felt like folks here would bend so called bend over backwards to be nice to people. And I, and I think if you get that in a group, if you put that on one on one level, I think that's what you're going to see. When you get the mob mentality, well, then you know. Because it's easier to do that. But if you can get it on a one-on-one level, you're going to find people can find common ground. Even if they don't have that much, they're going to try to find it. And I think that's where sports can play in. And that's why I still say we need sports more than ever now. And I wrote about it. I looked it up. And it was published April 8th. And here we are June 1st. And I think we need it more June 1st than we needed in April 8th. Not the results of the stuff. I've never been one to get all riled up about that. Even my Sun Devils, I don't get riled up that much about results. I enjoy it if they win, great. If they lose, well, you know, that's the way it goes. I'm not caught up that much in results because they are just games. But these games can bring folks together, and we need sports more than ever and more than we did two months ago. Well, let's spend a few minutes now on everybody's favorite topic, how DJ grew up in some Aussie and Harriet white bread world, and let's laugh at him. Yach's already laughing. This is already. I'm already improving okay. the mood. Well, I've been waiting my, for it. Of the I universe. have my feet up. Let me put them down now. <laughs> <laughs> and here we go. And away we go. Maybe I should have saved this for the next segment. The segment I embrace. What were you watching? Uh, but between watching news coverage and then, of course, you know, there's just videos just all over social media. And I do Facebook, but mostly I do Twitter. I'm not a big Instagram, Facebook guy. Mostly I do Twitter. And there's a ton of videos out there. And this just clicked because of what you just said, PK. You said you, you think most people aren't just full of this just racial hate, right? Most people are good. Most people don't have this. And I would say that my opinion of the percentage of people that have it uh, has changed in this last week. Um, racism... The, and I've seen a lot of people tweet this out. I don't know who to credit it to first, um, but lots of uh, – I've seen multiple athletes, entertainers tweeting it out, and I don't know who did it first. Uh, but uh, racism isn't getting worse. More of it's getting filmed. And I think, I think I'm buying into that way more than I did two weeks ago. Some of the video I saw yesterday – uh, was really inspiring and plays into my Ozzy and Harriet assigned white bread, you know, narrative. There are um, sheriffs and police officers and uh, probably National Guardsmen, too, out there marching with protesters, hugging with protesters. I saw one photo of them kneeling with protesters, basically saying Kaepernick was right. That's how I took that photo. Colin Kaepernick said it, and, you know, I support Colin. And I saw guys... In, white officers in uniform kneeling with black protesters, not black rioters or, bra- or black looters, protesters. But at the same time, for the first time, uh, maybe not for the first time, but for one of the first times, uh, people flashing white power symbols and then taking the rubber bullets or the pellets and shooting for people's phones, eyes, and faces. Brutal. What's the white power symbol? Brutal. 
Uh, it's uh, they make like an okay and the three uh, and they flash three fingers, and I didn't know anything about those symbols until about uh, it wasn't it wasn't uh, this week long news cycle, but it was probably. I don't know what it was that would have happened in the headlines like six months ago, but I think it's been within the last year that I've seen that. And so once I knew about it, I've seen multiple videos of it, you know? And it's like, these are people with bad intentions. These are people who, what police review board, how, how is that going to work? These are people who are not going to try to bridge any divide. They're going to try to widen a divide. Now, what numbers they're in, I couldn't begin to tell you. You know, these videos we're getting are snapshots um, you know, everybody is a media member now, which can be good. Uh, but the bad part of it is, you know, some of the stuff that I'm seeing out there, I can't even tell you what state it's coming from. I mean, obviously, there have been curfews in, I don't know, 20 or 30 cities at least, maybe more than that. But just in the West, Phoenix, San Diego, L.A., Salt Lake, Denver. I mean, just off the top of my head, you know. And so I don't always know. You, don't, you can't always know when you see this stuff where the video is coming from originally. Um, but there's way more of it than I would have expected. And I don't but know. But you're never going to solve that. I mean, I don't, I, who, I don't worry about that. Okay, but isn't reach those, but, but isn't that reach those people? I, I, I agree. I mean, when you see the attitude and you kind of see the body language, language as they do it right before they turn and fire right at somebody holding the phone. Yeah. Yeah, but those, those people are freaks. And that's what I'm saying. You're never going to eliminate that. You want to get the majority of folks. You're, go, you're always going to have these fringe groups. There's fringe groups on all different sides. I mean, you can, you can pick white power all you want. And I've, on no way am I endorsing that at all. Zero. Uh, but those idiots are always going to be there. I think what we're, we're trying to do is get our children to understand and treat our, our neighbors and whoever – they might be as as best as you possibly can. The white the white power stuff and all that, and those societies that they're they got to. I don't want to say you want to ignore them, but if you focus on them, you're gonna not see all the great that's out there. You know, and and the Kaepernick thing, you know, he, he kneel all you want. I mean, I don't know what it's solved. Uh, my my thing with Kaepernick is. I didn't understand how he was able to do it on the job. And that, that was what was interesting. If you want to do it on your own time, but to be in uniform and do it while you're an employee seems a little rough. And then, and I think what some other folks might say is, well, any, any, t- any form of brutality, but there's all sorts of brutality that's out there. We're isolating on this one thing, which is very, very important. So it's certainly worth talking about. Uh, but let's extend it across the board, as you know, as we saw these stats of what goes, what went on in Chicago, in Memorial Day weekend, and we, somehow we overlooked that stuff, as if those lives weren't as important, and I and I think that's part of the problem there. But that that's that's part of what should be real discussion, and I've said this a million times. You want to have real discussion on race? Let's have real discussion on race. Let's include everything. Let's put it on the table and see, get all the issues out there. Not just selective issues, whatever is fitting your agenda. Have it all out there and discuss it. And then try to bring it back down to the personal level. If you can bring it down to a personal level, one-on-one, I think that might go away 
towards helping all of us, me, especially me, no kidding, me, bring it down to a personal level. Have me try to understand whomever it might be, what that person is going through. I had the opportunity in California where I worked with several African-Americans and being involved with them when they got stopped and being in the car and seeing that, you know, I've never had to experience that. Fortunately, unfortunately, whatever it might be, depending on your view. But to see, to get a look, almost like a peek behind the curtain. Try to understand. Try to bring it down to a one-on-one level. But I certainly have no answers to any of this stuff. I have suggestions that maybe I think can help, and it brings it back. I think sports can help, and I think that's where sports can play a role in bringing all of us together and whatever particular team and actually just enjoying the fun of sports if nothing else, man, maybe there wouldn't have been as many people downtown maybe, or where they were. Maybe they would have been over by the arena, particularly if it was a home game. Maybe not, but maybe so. I think that uh, of all the topics that need to be discussed, you know, obviously police behavior, police brutality is at the forefront right now. Uh, but I don't think that everything we're seeing is just about that. You know, it's partly the pandemic. It's partly the uh economic problems that have come on in the last three months um, trying to corral the the pandemic. But I think the economic issues go back way before that. You know, hunger, homelessness, lack of access to medicine, uh, the mental health issues that are uh, way worse than, well, way way more uh, apparent to me. It's apparent to me that they're way worse. Maybe they were just as bad uh, when I was a kid, but I think it's really different in schools now. I think I think the mental health issues kids are facing, and it doesn't mean that it wasn't bad 20 or 40 or 60 years ago, uh, but it's bad now. And I think all those things are just um, they're they're the they're the dry grass dry grass and the and the dead trees that when the match hits it, everything just goes up in smoke. And so. Yes, police brutality is an issue. It's got to be discussed. But if we don't solve the other stuff, if we're not working on improving the other stuff, even if it can't be solved, then, you know, we're going to – this is, uh, you know, three years from now, six years from now, ten years from now, something's going to happen that's going to be the match. And, again, man, the dry grass and the dead trees are just going to go up and smoke again. And you just – you can't ignore the impact – that uh, the economic stress that people are under every day, every week, every month. It's just poverty can just be unrelenting. You know, and you've shared with us, you've pulled back the curtain a little bit on your life. There's other stuff you've told me off the air you haven't said on the air. But clearly, anybody who's listened to this show for five or ten of our 18 years knows you grew up in poverty and it made a mark on you. You know, it impacted the whole rest of your life and how you feel about money. That's obvious. Uh, And I think you'd be the first to say that as bad as you had it, there are people who've had it worse. Much worse. And so when something like this happens, and if you haven't been under that crushing grind, and I haven't been, but in the last few years, I've heard from the social worker who worked with those kids. And And it is in... Minneapolis, and it is in New York, and it is in L.A., but it is definitely right here on the Wasatch Front. It's in every county. And we can, we can go right, right up the freeway to Davis County and find 
a six-year-old white teacher who will tell you stories and you will think, this isn't the stereotype of Utah. Am I still in Utah? Or am I listening to L.A., Chicago, New York, Atlanta, San Francisco? No, you're in Utah. It's right here. You know, in, oh, in, sure. in massive numbers. Yes. And your wife's a teacher, so she knows this. Even though she's teaching in one of the more well-to-do districts, there are homeless kids in that district. There are homeless kids in those schools. And, and your wife teaches at one of the, right now, at one of the wealthier schools in the state. But Correct. That, school, that school has still had issues with homeless kids. And those issues are massive. And when something like this happens, and you've already been carrying that around, it's brutal. And, and a lot of us don't have to deal with that. All right, DJ and PK, when we come back, uh, what were you watching? Well, besides the obvious, uh, I saw something that made me think, bleep, PK was right. And he was right way sooner than I thought he was going to be. We'll get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kalani Sataki, the head coach at BYU. Coach, do you have a confirmed date when you're going to get all your guys back on campus and in the weight room? Yeah, we're starting up on June 1st. We have our phase one that uh, Tom Homo has directed the athletic department to start with as our football program. Our, our team, they're voluntary workouts, so I think we'll see a, a high number of our players uh, start to work out on Monday, and we have a bunch of different groups that'll keep them um, practicing social distancing and space and so we'll have a number of workouts and then keep our guys separate and then um, you know do things like temperature testing and have our, our coaches and strength coaches and condition involved conditioning monitor our players throughout the workouts and I'm thankful that we have an opportunity to get back on to working out and getting things headed and trending towards being normal. Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 975-1280 the zone in the Zone Sports Network. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res, a clean home is a healthy home. And right now, Zero Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per room. Plus, schedule three rooms and they'll clean your fourth for free. Call Zero Res today. Schedule your cleaning at 801-288-9376. All right, what were you watching? Well, aside from the obvious, uh, which we just discussed for the last segment because we were watching a lot of that, a lot of the news coverage of that. And PK already talked about, you know, different people he saw on the air and, and what he thought of the coverage and all that. And I was sitting at the station watching it. Um, ready to go on, but realizing, what an awkward left-hand turn this will be if I go on. Holy cow, please do not put me on TV right now. <laughs> seriously, seriously, PK. There was a, um, the whole gala season has been canceled. A lot of nonprofits do their fundraisers. Um, yeah. And so Ronald McDonald House uh, has partnered with Channel 2 for a long time because of Mark Cabell, and Mark's mom uh, died of breast cancer before he came to Utah. And she got special uh, treatment with some cutting-edge treatment. Um, They lived in a small town kind of between Pittsburgh and Buffalo. And she stayed at a Ronald McDonald house in Pittsburgh while she's getting this treatment that extended her life 
six months a year, something like that. And so Mark has always wanted to give him back to Ronald McDonald House because they were there for his family. You know, that's obviously a brutal time. And so they did. They made the Ronald McDonald House a virtual gala on Channel 2, and it raised a lot of money. And, you know, there are people coming in from all over Utah, and their kids need uh, treatment, uh, you know, sometimes organ transplants. And, and they, put them up at the, they put the families up at the Ronald McDonald House because these families cannot afford to stay in a hotel and go to the hospital and be near their kid, and they can live, you know, anywhere in the state a long way. And actually, they can live all over the Intermountain West and be a long way away. Uh, so, the, so, it, so it went on the air. It was great. Well, of course, other... People saw this, and their gala had been canceled, and so now our general manager is fielding calls from different organizations, and of course there are different sponsors stepping up, right? So we were supposed to do an hour uh, for diabetes between 6 and 7 o'clock on Saturday night. Can you imagine what an awkward left hand? Obviously, that got delayed. It'll get rescheduled. It may be coming up this Saturday. I don't know. I haven't heard yet. Uh, but can you imagine? That would have been incredibly awkward. Um, yes. But in all the coverage and uh, all the stories out there, a lot of it was about um, the protests, police brutality, rioting, looting, right? And then reaction to all of that. Uh, there were other stories this weekend, and one of them made me think of you because we were talking about the pandemic about two weeks ago, and we were talking about how, you know, people can't stay on lockdown forever. We're just, we're not hardwired for it. And there, people are going to be looking for, okay, how do I have a summer vacation, and what do I do? And you said... There are going to be people making trips, the national parks. Yeah, people are going to be flooding to places like Yellowstone because they're going to be looking for something to do. And I was driving down the road, and I ended up behind, uh, you know, there were trucks, and you can't get around, and I'm coming up to my exit, so just for this last mile, right? And there's this big RV, and I'm thinking, PK's right. Somebody's like, I do not want to get in a big metal tube and fly to Europe or Hawaii or the Caribbean or wherever. You know, that, that flying on an airplane sounds terrible right now, but... I can get in my RV and go park at this park, right? And they're headed I-15 North. Where are they going? You know, leads right to Yellowstone. And then I see a story about arches this weekend. Three hours. Three hours, and the park is packed, and they close it because it's full. Come back in three hours. Maybe somebody will have left. Arches filled up. And now Arches has had rising attendance for 15 years. I guess it was kind of off the radar for a while, but it's been quote-unquote discovered. But that park was packed in three hours, and I totally thought of you like, yeah, people are going to get in the cars. Where can they drive in a day? And I've done down and back to Arches in a day. It's a long day, but you can do it. And somebody in from out of town, so I did it. Um, you nailed it. Good work. All right, well, yeah, my work here is done. <laughs> did you see anything else this weekend? I mean, obviously a lot of it was all about what we've been talking about the last half hour. You did remind me about getting in those metal contraptions and you used Hawaii. Today was supposed to be the first day of my vacation. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had the Hawaiian trip planned. Yeah, my sister has a timeshare, and she uh, wanted us to check it out, but uh, can't go. And Another time. Although it's not really that. Yeah, I mean, we're going to go, yeah. so uh, it's going to happen. So it's not, it's not that big of a deal. I actually forgot about it until you just said it, <laughs> that this was supposed yeah. to be the week. My wife, as a teacher, always likes to take, when school gets out, take uh, take a week. We've done that for many years, so take it early in June. Uh, but uh, obviously not this week. Uh, as far as uh, television, well, that was the extent of it. I did watch, not, not, not exclusively the extent of it, on Saturday night at about 11 o'clock. I got bored. 
with the writing. Although most of the stuff had left television by then. And I did watch some Korean baseball. <laughs> I, just, I watched just, that. Just I, hear I, the I crack in the back? I could, yeah, just to watch some live sports. Then I think this one was, was live. I think if, if there wasn't the dramatic time difference, I actually think I can get into it a little bit because it's real baseball. I mean, it's they play the game. The, everything looks the same. Okay, but you got to know no you got to know the stories and the rivalries and the people in the back. Yeah, I, I'm, right. But I and if I but if I watched it over like a two week span, I think I could get a little bit. Uh, Oh, I remember this guy from the other day or what have you. And uh, one of the things that has been apparent to me is that the way it's set up, you can have three foreigners, which doesn't always mean Americans because we know uh, in uh, Latin America and then obviously in Cuba, baseball is really huge. And we've seen a number of those players who've come over into the big leagues and been stars. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean Americans. But the way it's set up is they have you can have three foreign born and two pitchers and one position player. And what I've been able to see, I've watched it about four or five times, what I've been able to see is most of the teams have taken advantage of the two pitchers, and they usually are Americans. Uh, So pitching, it's led me to believe that probably pitching is a little further behind our our national, our American, not American League, but the major league baseball that we're used to. Yeah, Yeah. because you see, they've seen... Almost all the time when I've watched it, I've seen a Caucasian pitching. And uh, so probably in the other air positions, of infield, outfield, what have you, is they're probably not as far behind. Uh, but for whatever reason, pitching, that's just my little observation. You talk about uh, guys uh, going to parks. As with Over the weekend, uh, I went golfing. Went down to Hobble Creek, beautiful course. People have been down there. If you haven't been down there, check that place out. It's really awesome. Uh, my two, one of, definitely one of my favorites. I got a lot of favorites, but that's one of them. But uh, they paired us up with a guy who's a teacher down in the Phoenix area, Highland High School, which for Highland, for those who don't know, that's on the it's in Gilbert, and uh, a lot of folks. Uh, Austin Ainge played there. Uh, Jake Toulson here from last year played there. Uh, a lot of LDS folks down there. But the guy's a teacher, and he's got one year to retire. And if you're wondering why, and I've, I've said this, why a lot of kids from Arizona leave, I mean, he was just whining about the heat. And we hadn't even hit June 1st yet. And he was just telling us how, how he's sick of it. So he's a teacher, and school's out now. And he was on his way to Yellowstone. He got a job working uh, like a, he, see, he he referred it to a Circle K, which is like a Maverick or a convenience store uh, with some gas that you can get. Circle K. I don't think we have Circle K in Utah, but they have it down there in uh, the Valley. And the funny thing is that he's uh, yeah, I'm going to retire uh, from teaching this last year here, and uh, so next year will be his last year. So I'm going to go to Yellowstone because they have these jobs that you can do seasonal jobs. He said they have them here. He laid some uh, website. I want a coolworks.com or cooljobs.com, something like that. And so he's going to check it out and see if this is something that he might want to do because he wants to get out of Arizona in, in the summers. But we got in the car afterward, and I was talking to my wife. The guy's married. And so, so my wife says, so his wife is going to stay back 
because she's got a regular job and doesn't get summers off. So my wife says, yeah, sorry, honey. Sucks for you, but I'm going to go spend the summer in Yellowstone. <laughs> get out of the heat. <laughs> and she looked at me. Now, I can't do that because I don't have summers off. I'll take some vacation time. But she looked at me like, don't you ever think about doing that. <laughs> That's not going to But fly. it's the other way around. She's the teacher. She's the one who can go up to Yellowstone and just hang out. I know, but it wouldn't even dawn on her that you would go for two, three months. But you got the look. Do not think about long-term vacationing without me. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. Happening. Yeah, and then, then everybody, And the guy that we played with, he was a good golfer. He's actually the golf coach at the school. And uh, it was fun to be with him because sometimes you never know who you're going to get paired up with. I mean, the people in front of us, uh, I think they were there. I'm not sure they were there to golf, but I know they were there to drink. And... Uh, we, we make the turn, and then we actually they let us play through. And there was five people that had a woman who wasn't uh, playing and four guys. And they were they remind me of John Daly, uh, although not nearly as good, because they would put their beer can down but still swing with their cigarettes. And so we're at the turn, and uh, the, the gal says, where's Bob? Oh, he's getting some uh, bottles. He's getting some bottles? Well, he played so poorly. No, he wasn't getting bottles. Um, he was getting balls. And the lady thought the guy said, Ball, bottles. And the one guy says, no, 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 not bottles. He doesn't need to get bottles. I still got a 12-pack here. He's getting balls. <laughs> I thought, oh, this back nine is going to be so long. But because it was taking a while to get the balls, they let us play through. And Did it uh, – so since you played through, then it doesn't top the Arkansas experience because that's still the all-timer, right? Oh, the Arkansas experience, my, my wife's grandmother lived in Jonesboro, Arkansas, which you fly into Memphis and then drive about 90 miles. Uh, so, yeah, I was there in the summer, and it couldn't have – it's just we, – we had to do it. I mean, she was old, and they had a close relationship growing up. Yeah, so I brought my clubs and went out and played <laughs> – Gosh, it was so blazing hot with the humidity. And I played with two guys who had cut off shorts and shoes, and that is it. <laughs> they didn't have shirts on. <laughs> no shirts and cutoffs. <laughs> cut off Levi's jeans. <laughs> each That's... of them. Each of them had a 12 pack of their own in the same cart. <laughs> So I stood about 30 yards behind them at all times. Uh, yeah. But uh, that, that uh, in Phoenix, playing golf in Phoenix obviously can be brutal. It can get hot here. But I played once. I played one. LSU has a course. I was down there cover three days before 9-11 covering uh, Utah State. Played LSU in Death Valley. I think Nick Saban was the coach back then. And so I got into town a little early. And they have a course. And they let me play it. And I don't think I've ever been hotter. Oh, my gosh, it was so hot. And I'm not a guy who sweats a lot, but my shirt felt like it was body painted on. Well, there's an image to end the segment on. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We told you Dan Feldman, NBA writer for NBC Sports Pro Basketball Talk, was coming up at uh, 8 o'clock. He just uh, got a hold of Yak. He's got to push it back a segment, so he's going to join us about 8.30. Also coming up this morning, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider at 9 o'clock. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.